Welcome to Fully Vetted Animal Care News from the Clinic to the Farm, presented by the Ohio Veterinary Medical Association. And here is your host, Mia Cunningham, and producer, Kristen Bennett. So welcome back to the Ohio Veterinary Medical Association's Fully Vetted podcast. My name is Mia Cunningham, and I have the pleasure of serving as your host today. We're continuing our COVID-19 survival guide series with Dr. Ed Biggie of Feeder Creek Veterinary Services in Millersport, Ohio. Dr. Biggie is here to speak with us about the changes his practice has made to adjust to the crisis and what the immediate future may look like. Dr. Biggie, thank you for joining us. You're more than welcome. So, uh, Dr. Biggie, your practice provides care for both companion and large animals. How has COVID-19 affected the way you and your team provide services? Like, are you doing more telemedicine? What are you doing different for office visits or phone calls? Like, how have you guys adjusted as a staff? It's kind of a dynamic and ongoing process. Initially, we actually, it's affected us more in small animal than it has in large. Um, Large is pretty much us, a truck and a farmer. So social distancing has not been an issue. In the small animal, initially, we actually split our staff, doctor staff, everybody in half. So we had two complete teams. That way, team A worked Monday through Wednesday. Team B worked Thursday through Saturday. In the event, if we ever had anybody test positive, the hope was we wouldn't have to shut the whole clinic down. We could just, one team could go into quarantine. The other one would try to pick up the slack. In that process, we closed the building to all clients. No clients were allowed in the building. They came in the parking lot, called to tell us we were there. Technician would put on PPEs, go out, take histories, bring the animal into the clinic. We'd take care of them. They'd take them back out. So there was a lot of running back and forth for the staff. Um, And then usually the doctor after the exam had to get on the phone with the client. So we did a lot of phone talking. It wasn't video conferencing. Um, Didn't work out too bad for sick animal stuff, but it was a lot harder to try to do any preventive care, Um, though for quite a while we weren't doing a lot of it. It was mostly sick animal stuff. Um, We had to cut back on the number of appointments we saw per hour because of all the running back and forth, Um, but that schedule remained full through the entire process. Then in the last couple of weeks, we have brought the staff all back together. We can see more appointments per hour, but we're still continuing to have the clients stay out in the parking lot. And that we may continue with that for another week or so. And then at that point, the plan is to give the client the choice. If they feel comfortable coming in, we can allow them in the building. If they feel safer to remain in the car, we'll, we will do that also. Um, so that's kind of the way we've approached it. Early on, as I'm sure most practices did, we canceled our surgery schedule, um, weren't doing any surgeries for a while. Now we've started going back to that. Um, So it's been a big change. It's been quite hard on the staff, but everybody's really kicked it up a notch and done an excellent job on coming through this. What challenges do food animal producers face with preventing the spread of the virus? And how will the virus impact the food supply chain? You know, as we've seen, we've had positives show up in tigers and whatnot, but at this point, they have not linked actual transmission of the disease to any food-producing animals. So the animals aren't so much a concern as employees on the farm, and most of them are taking similar precautions as all the rest of us are. Um, 
I know some farms are taking daily temperatures of people when they arrive, things like that. A lot of situations, even in milking parlors, it, it's doable to maintain some social distancing. So they do that. Um, the toughest thing they're facing is not so much on their production end of it. It's because of uh, processing and transportation is causing a backlog of product or they're not able to move product. So I have beef producers that have fat animals ready to go to processor that, you know, some of the auction markets have shut down. They are not taking fat steers, for example, or pigs or chickens. Um, so the producers can't get their product to market. And then now the general public is seeing the problem on the supermarket shelves as lack of product. It's not that the product's not there. It's that we can't process it and get it to the supermarkets. So by nature, most of the farms, even our bigger dairies, we don't have a lot of people in a small area. So it's much easier for them to, to maintain social distancing. Everybody has kicked up on, on sanitizing and keeping things as clean as possible, um, even more so than they were already doing. So I, we haven't seen and I haven't had anybody, the farms we service, tell me that anybody has tested positive to this point. We've had a couple of producers that suspect maybe way back in late December that they had a cough they couldn't get rid of. One of them actually told me he lost his sense of taste for a while. So we suspect maybe they had it, but you know, yeah. nobody's been tested. We have no idea, but okay. we've not had anybody that's actually gone to the hospital or anything like that or actually been tested for Corona. Are your clients being more cautious about spending when they're coming in for services? To a certain degree, yes. As we've kind of opened back up and gotten more into the preventive care aspect, um, similar to we've seen in past recessions, you know, people may not buy full 12 months of heart guard. They might only buy a few months of heart guard. But when we're dealing with, in which we've been dealing with a lot of sick animals lately, I'm still seeing clients are quite willing to do what they need to take care of their basically their family member. Um, so it, it kind of depends on what aspect you're looking at. Um, some of the more, uh, like I said, the preventive care type stuff, flea and tick medicine, you know, people will decline a whole six pack of flea medicine. And if they start to see fleas, then at some point they may come in and get something rather than get it all up front. Okay. But general medical care, we're, we're still doing a lot of that. Now, does that hold true for, you know, your farmers and your producers as well? With the farmer, with the producers, by and large, especially like on our dairy farms, what they actually spend on veterinary care is a small fraction of what they spend on feeding the animals. So they tend to have a lot more savings opportunity addressing savings in feed products rather than what they're spending in veterinary care. And a lot of the stuff we're doing as far as reproductive health and whatnot, if they slack off too much on that, then it sets back everything in the production cycle and it ends up costing them more later. So there, there's a kind of a fine line on that as long as you keep up with the minimum care, things move along and do fine if they start say, well... And I've, I've had the discussion with a couple of farmers on, well, instead of coming out every two weeks, let's try once a month. And really, they don't save any more on time. They might save one trip charge out. But, but yes, I, I would say across the board, everybody is, is kind of tightening their belt, so to speak. 
Now, have you come across clients that may be, you know, feeling the financial impact of the crisis and you need to provide them, you know, alternative payment measures? Um, and, and if so, like, what does that look like? Are the payment plans or, you know, you allow people to defer payment? We luckily don't encounter that a lot. Um, we don't have a payment plan per se ourselves. We utilize care credit and um, just in the last year or so, I've started utilizing uh, scratch pay. And so far those have worked out pretty well for us. Nationwide, most veterinary practices are reporting declines in revenue. Have you experienced a shortfall in cash income at Theater Creek? And if so, what strategies has a clinic implemented to address those shortfalls? Yeah, we were sitting looking at numbers just the other day and comparing last year at this time to this year at this time, we have seen a decline uh, quite surprisingly and quite happily found out it wasn't as big a decline as what I was expecting. Right. Um, okay. so we've done decently through all this. Um, we do and have had have maintained our full staff. Um, yes, we did right. apply for the payroll protection loan, okay. uh, and that's helped out quite. But yes, we we've seen a general decline in revenue. We do boarding at our clinic, and when everything shut down, boarding is zero. Okay. Um, grooming, we have a groomer that was shut down for quite a while. Surgeries we had shut down. So yes, we we did see a significant drop in income, but. You know, we, when this all started, we were afraid that people wouldn't be coming through the door. And we never saw that situation. For every appointment slot we had, it was usually filled and sometimes double booked. Well, that's wonderful news. That's, that's truly a blessing. Um, so lastly, I just wanted to talk to you about the looming recession here in the U.S. How is Fever Creek preparing for the financial impact that COVID will make on our economy and potentially your practice? It's probably similarly to what we did with the last downturn or the last recession in the economy is we concentrate a lot on providing the best possible care for our clients and not so much concentration on selling flea and tick medicine or heartworm prevention. We're more into taking care of the family member, offering the best possible medicine and services. And I think in general, the rest kind of falls in line. So that's kind of how we're taking it moving forward. Unfortunately, everything's a pretty big unknown. Indeed, only time will tell. But it sounds like you and your staff are doing a great job rolling with the punches. Oh, thanks. It's a work in progress. Uh, Dr. Vicki, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. I appreciate you sharing your experiences with our listeners. And I wish you well in navigating this new space. You're welcome. Talk to you later. Bye. Coming up next on Fully Vetted. Stay with us as we get to know a little more about Dr. Barb Musoff, Vice President for the Ohio Veterinary Medical Association Board of Directors. Okay, we are here with Dr. Barbara Musoff. Dr. Musoff has been in practice for 38 years. She's from Spencer, Ohio. She currently owns Barbara Musoff DVM LLC and is a relief veterinarian. Welcome to the program, Dr. Musoff. Thank you. So, Dr. Musoff, if you would, tell us why you decided to serve as a volunteer leader with the OVMA. Um, the short answer for this is a former OVMA president, Dr. Brad Garrison, called me and asked if I would run for the District 7 representative position. He said I had the right skill set. Brad had been a wonderful internship for my students when I was teaching at Cuyahoga Community College. I felt I owed him, 
And so I ran for the District 7 rep and was lucky enough to win that election. And here we are. Dr. Musoff, in your opinion, how does the OVMA serve the profession? The OVMA serves the profession in a number of different ways. It helps set the standards of ethics and professionalism for veterinarians, not just in the state of Ohio, but I think for nationwide as well. It serves as an interface between the practitioner and the pharmacy board, legislators, the OVMLB, and a number of other statewide entities. And last but certainly not least, it provides a source of high-quality, reasonably-priced continuing education. Wonderful. Well, we're happy to have your voice amongst those in the profession. Um, and just you know, lastly, we want to know something fun about you. Can you tell us something unique about yourself outside of the profession? I don't know how unique I am, but I'm a very active member of the Lorraine County chapter of the Ohio Horsemen's Council. I'm an avid trail rider and um, have probably got over 300 miles on my horse oh, thus wow. far this summer. What's your horse's name? Summer Elizabeth. Oh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Can you tell us about one of your favorite trails or just a favorite memory you have about riding? Well, I just got back from the Midwest Trail Ride in the Hoosier National Forest in Indiana. They have about 125 miles of drop-dead gorgeous trails, cliffs, ravines, hills, lots of water crossings, pretty much everything I love when I'm riding. Wow. All right. How many hours did it take? To get there was about six, driving a 46-foot-long rig through construction in Columbus. You might find my nail prints still in the steering wheel of the truck. Um, but, uh, and to, to ride all those hours, uh, let's say I was probably in the saddle about 12 hours. Oh, wow. Not all at once, on three separate days. Okay, thank you. <laughs> well, wonderful. Thank you for sharing with us. We certainly appreciate you. Thank you. Coming up on the next Fully Vetted. Veterinary professionals who do show compassion fatigue, if it's not addressed early, it can progress to a serious depressive disorder. And with depression comes the risk of suicide. So we like to make sure that folks know there's help available and we're a part of that help. And the sooner, the better. Join us in two weeks as we sit down with Dr. Colleen Opremchek of the Ohio Physicians Health Program to learn what services are available to veterinarians dealing with mental health issues. The Ohio Veterinary Medical Association is always seeking ways to enrich your member experience. To access resources mentioned in this episode, share your feedback and suggestions, and send us an email or voice message, please visit www.fullyvettedpodcast.com. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you prefer to listen, so you never miss an episode. I'm Kristen Bennett, and on behalf of the OVMA, thanks for listening to Fully Vetted. We'll see you next time.